Welcome to the Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Podcast. Your host, Carol Dixon Carr, is an educator of and a participant in many diverse subjects, and she loves it that way. When the spirit hits her, she'll bring you personal stories, as well as the stories of special guests, of how they navigate those multiple passions while managing mental, spiritual, physical, and emotional energy in their lives. And by extension, she will share how you can do the same in your life as a whole. So without further ado, here's Carol. Yes, I am here and also with me is my multi-passionate comrade, Melody Brooke. She's a licensed professional counselor and marriage and family therapist. She has 30 years of experience helping severely emotionally disturbed clients, couples, adolescents, and families. She is the author of Oh Wow, That Changes Everything, The Oh Wow Healing Guide, and The Landmines to Goldmines Playbook. For the past 10 years, she has been writing, directing, producing, and editing films that change lives. Her latest project is the development of a membership program for clients to engage with her trainings virtually, including her latest, Compassionate Parenting. And we could all use Compassionate Parenting, right? <laughs> she and I go back at least a decade, maybe more, when we were singing in the choir and we were singing backups for people too. So it's been a while, but what made me reach out to her was her commentary on her Facebook profile about neurodiversity and ADHD, because I am pretty sure I am undiagnosed with ADHD at the very least. And I know I have some other neurodiverse things going on with me too. So with that being said, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's so fun to be with you. Yeah. So I first want to just kind of get... I want the audience to know a little bit more about your story and how you became interested in a lot of things. And I know that you do a lot because I know that you sing and you do film and you do counseling. Right. And I'm sure that there's more to it than that. And I just want to know kind of your journey since... Well, you know, it's funny. I, I grew up um, with a mom who was a, a teacher and um, she taught drama when I was little. So I literally grew up in the wings of the theater. So <laughs> that was kind of in my bones. Um, and then my uncle was um, getting his PhD in psychology. So when he would come to visit, he and my mom would have these long in-depth conversations. So I got interested in the way our minds work and how people are the way they are, not to mention the fact that I wanted to understand my crazy family. But so all of that kind of together. And I've always been passionate about the arts. I've always done drawing, painting, writing poetry, writing um, little plays for my brother and sister and I to act out. Um, <laughs> and, you know, ended up being a theater major. And then um, when my kids were little, I decided to go back to school and actually make a living. And because, you know, acting, it's very few people that can actually make a living doing that. And I, I got my degree in um, counseling so that I could be a counselor. And so, so then the kids went away after they grew up and, you know, went off to college and got married and all that. Well, then I'm like, okay, now I can play again. So I started acting again and started writing screenplays and started producing them. And so, so that's, and I still act, I still have an agent, just submitted a couple of things this week for a couple of big projects. Got to, got to audition for Tyler Perry um, a couple of weeks ago. So that was cool. pretty exciting. Haven't heard back. So I'm guessing I didn't get it, but at least- That's I still cool though. That's really so. cool. <laughs> yeah. 
So that that's and then you know so so then on top of all that, wanting to understand how people you know how people think, how people um, put ideas together, and I, I realized that acting and counseling are kind of the same thing hmm. because even though you know one is obviously more performance oriented but it's really about understanding how people tick you know what the more we understand about how how people feel what people think how people are you know brains work the better a performer i'm going to be because yeah, the more i'm sense. going to be able to ex express that on camera yeah that's really cool what was the catalyst, I mean, because we didn't really talk much about singing, because that's what I know you from. I remember, remember how we used to go to karaoke and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if I could be anything, if I could, like, do anything else, that's what I would do. I would be a professional singer because I love it so much. It's great to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's healing. That's really cool. But yeah, to go from to still be counseling, but then acting and then doing. I think that's really cool. I um, was a theater rat, but I never I don't have any presence on IMDb like you do or anything like that. But I, I find it super fascinating to watch watch your process and your journey. So I was also because you were talking about neurodiversity. I would like to just kind of let you run wild. I'll probably just let you go until there's a pause oh, no. about the whole ADHD neurodiversity. I know I have some neurodiverse tendencies myself, but I want to hear what you've got to say about that. So, um, what you know, I, my whole life, I mean, I had a terrible time in grade school. And you know, a lot of this stuff I, I've had attributed to trauma because I had a, I had some pretty severe trauma in childhood, and so I've always kind of connected it to the to the trauma. But I was spacey. I would forget my. I never could remember my math book. I couldn't write to save my life. My handwriting is horrific. I I couldn't learn to read until I was like in third grade. I finally had a teacher that kind of took me under her wing and I learned how to read and you know but I just was always disorganized and messy and you know scattered and that was true my whole life and I really had always kind of like well if I just work on myself in therapy enough you know if I just keep you know getting to be a better person my self-esteem will improve and I'll be more together and no <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is just the way my brain is <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's only it's take, only taken me 65 years to figure that out but you know gosh it has been a while because i think you were younger than me when we met and i'm 54 yes. so yeah <laughs> that's really wild so i i i realize you know i mean people have suggested it to me from time to time but but i've really always just really focused on the ptsd aspect of it and not really understood how much of what i experience is about the adhd well, my daughter, who was di was diagnosed when she was like in first grade, and they put her on Silert, which is a stimulant, and she stayed up for five days. Yikes. Yeah. So I called the doctor and I said, you know, what, what's up with that? And he goes, well, it's probably not the medication. She's probably worried about something. I was like, yeah, right. Well, I'm taking her off. So I took her off and she immediately, you know, went to sleep. Everything was fine. And I, and and I got her on some other kind of old school medication that was not a stimulant, um, which was actually an antihistamine that was supposed to help with um, ADHD, which I'll get more into later. But that helped. 
she that actually did help her. Plus, we got her off of uh, milk um, because apparently that dairy will have a, have a effect on the way your brain functions. So interesting. Uh, yeah, so I took her off da dairy and I took her off uh, and I put her on the antihistamine and she did fine. And but at the same time, no. So now fast fast forward, you know, thirty five years, and she's now forty one, and she's starting to recognize that she's ADHD and that she needed medication. And then she started on her medication. Well, then she messaged me. She's like, mom, I think maybe you have ADHD. I think maybe you should maybe perhaps get diagnosed and see about getting some help with that. And, and I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> My daughter said the same thing to me. When there's an online test, like not even two weeks ago, mom, take this test. I think you have ADHD too. <laughs> There's an awful lot of the test stuff that I cannot relate with. However, one of the things that I did was I sent, um, I, have a, I have a survey that other people can write observations about you. So, um, you know, like if, you're, if, you're, if you think your kid has ADHD, you know, you take a survey that says, yeah, I see these behaviors. The teacher says, yes, I see these behaviors. Well, if it's just you, you can't see your behaviors. It's, or it's very difficult. Right. So I asked my, my daughters to fill out these surveys to say, to go, okay, with it, you know, this is what, I, what we see. So I'm going to take that to my psychiatrist and go, okay, here's what my, my daughters are seeing. You know, they've grown up with me. They know these things about me. So I, I can tell you what my experience is. That's, but it might be PTSD. You know, I mean, I would be all very all over the place, but here's the symptoms, right? So I can be then clear about the truth is that there's an off, what I, I, I did not understand so much about ADHD before a few weeks ago when my daughter started talking about this, because even though we all know about it as therapists, I'm aware of it, and but I didn't, there was so much I did not know. So I've started reading, you know, this book is called Women with Attention Deficit Disorder. Okay. And um, this other book, Train Your Brain, Transform Your Life. Oh, I listened to the audio book for that. Yeah. Um, and then I got this one, which is really awesome, which is uh, Adult ADHD Focused Couples Therapy, since I do couples therapy. And it's totally transformed how I do therapy. And, you know, the way I approach looking at my what's happening between my couples because a lot of the times the disagreements have to do with the ADHD factor yeah. that, are, that are actually the cause of the, the conflicts, the cause of the communication problems that have nothing to do with their personalities. It has everything to do with their new neurodivergent brain. So, so, so it's, it's very helpful. And, you know, I, I noticed that, you know, sometimes when I talk to my clients and have them go through, you know, the things that, that I'm seeing that I suspect are related to that, which you know, anxiety and depression and um, poor self-esteem and, you know, not being able to remember things and um, having trouble keeping organized and, and keeping um, yourself into on focus when you're trying to do something, especially something that you don't really care about, but you know. Yes, that part. Uh, right. Versus if it's something that you're really interested in, it's like, I haven't read a book in so long. Well, I have now, you know, mostly finished both of these books in the last two weeks, right? <laughs> it's like, because I'm, I'm like, I'm sparked, it's sparked an interest and I can do it, you know, when I'm, when I have that interest going. If otherwise you ask me to sit down and 
balance my checkbook? <laughs> no. <laughs> or even, for example, and kind of coming full circle back to some of the stuff that I've done, like I've written a book, I've written a workbook, or actually two workbooks, and two, well, two books, two workbooks. And I've also completed seven screenplays. Yeah. Produced, produced some films, short films, and, and, and a feature film. I actually finished all of those things. Well, it had to do with the fact that I was married to someone who was capable of helping me do the completion part of it. Yes. Myself, I cannot do that. I cannot complete a project by myself. I can't. Yeah. I felt that. I need the accountability. I knew. Uh, well, it was less, it was, it's not even so much accountability as it was just keeping me focused. Yes, that too. You know? And just like, okay, we're doing this, we're doing that. Okay, well, make sure you do this. And did you finish that today? And, you know, just like keeping me focused because otherwise I'm off on the next thing. You know, I'm writing another screenplay when I didn't finish the one that I started. You know, I mean, I, I just, I can't, I, I don't have the bandwidth. And that is not because I'm lazy, Im, um, scattered, immature, um, disorganized, and all those terrible labels that we right. put on ourselves. It's just that's the way my brain works. I am constantly, you know, looking at having different ideas pop into my head, different yes. passions, different things I want to go toward. But that kind of stuff will keep you from actually being able to complete something. Right. So, that that's the downside of the ADHD. The positive side is we tend to be intelligent. We tend to, you know, part of the reason why it's not often not identified is because a person is smart and they're compensating. Yes. Figured out ways that they compensate so that it's not obvious that they have these problems. You know, at this point in my life, I'm an entrepreneur. I work for myself. I don't have to answer to anybody. My paperwork looks like this. Nobody cares. Well, that's right? pretty cool, though. See, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad that people can't see that. This is just an audio. Yeah, I can see that. That's really cool. <laughs> and, and, you know, I have uh, somebody who handles all of my billing for me and does all the dealing with all the insurance and files all that stuff so that I don't have to worry about those details. Right. You know, I mean, it's just... I, I, I have it sort of, my life sort of balanced. And because of the fact that without realizing it, I have made these compromises and right, adjustments to, to, to be able to make it work for me for the most part. Right. Uh, there's still some areas that are problematic. Otherwise my daughters wouldn't be saying mom get on medication, but <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I recognize that, um, you know, but part of the, the biggest problem is that we don't we don't recognize the the problem because we're we're seeing it from you can't as Einstein said you can't solve a problem from inside the problem, right? So right. inside the problem, so it's very difficult for me to solve it. But my children being on the outside, and you just have to be open to it. Which trust me, it's not easy. No, it's not. It's not easy to take that feedback because no, that's not how I see myself at all. You know, <laughs> I have to be willing to take their feedback and and go, okay, this, you know, I'm, I'm hearing it in multiple places. It's probably got some truth to it, you know? Right, right. Because, you know, I have had people that I've worked for in the past who have suggested maybe it could be that you have this issue, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Yeah, and I, it's interesting what you say about the intelligence because I do overcompensate with that. And yeah. I can get hyper-focused if I know that I 
don't want to let people down and that's the main thing but like left my own devices you know how many unfinished novels i have on the bookshelf i don't even want to tell you <laughs> so there's that and, and i'll be lucky uh, to be honest if i do finish these books you know i have gotten more than halfway through them so i'm proud of that <laughs> yeah yeah this is an issue. And the other, the other thing is that people with ADHD tend to be people pleasers. And I used to be that until three years ago. So yeah, I've had to work on it a lot myself mm -hmm. um, over the years. And, but, but part of that comes from feeling inadequate, right? Because, yeah. because we, we're, we know we're, we're compensating for things about us that are different than aren't like they are for other people. Mm -hmm. Things are harder for us in some ways than they are for other people. And so we, we feel less than, so we feel like we have to compensate by pleasing. And mm -hmm. so we please and we, you know, make it, we try to make everybody happy. And then the other thing that is pretty typical of a person who has ADHD is that if we hurt someone's feelings inadvertently, which we do all the time because we're impulsive and we don't notice the impact of what we say. But but when that happens, we're devastated. Yes, we feel terrible. Devastated. Devastated. It tears us to shreds. Yes, like, oh my gosh, did I say that? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And then we go into a shame pit and we just beat ourselves up and we reinforce those negative concepts of ourselves. So So that's part of that struggle with self-esteem comes from from that as well as the other areas in which we think well why aren't why isn't that easier for me why can't I do that I should be able to do that I mean as a kid my dysgraphia which by the way dyslexia and dysgraphia sometimes go along with being ADHD that's part of the cluster hmm. and I had both dyslexia and dysgraphia which dysgraphia is handwriting um, inability to, and I had one bless her heart I had this one teacher I had written a beautiful poem and she wanted me to, to uh, put the poem up on display in the cafeteria on the, on the bulletin boards up there, right? So, but before I could do that, she wanted, and she knew I could draw, right? So she, so she's like, okay, I want you to write it out and then draw, you know, a picture around it and we'll put it up on the bulletin board. But I had to write it out in my own hand. hand. Yeah. I, I literally could not do it. Oh, wow. And she, she had me stay after school and she was determined to help me with it. We were there until nine o'clock at night. What a teacher. That's awesome. With, with going over and over and over trying to get it right. Bless her heart. It was killing me because I couldn't do it. And I knew I was failing and she was trying so hard to do something good. It was really sad, wow. but that, that's the kind of thing that uh, people with ADHD have experienced because, because we have these areas where we just can't function like everybody else. Yeah, it's wild. I think I developed mine later in life because I did all the traditional things in school through college. I think, I don't know, like menopause, pre-menopause, that's when things well, started. Okay, so let's talk about that. Okay, yeah. All right, let's. <laughs> Okay, so often for girls, the, the ADHD does show up later in life. Okay. It's not always, you know, when you're in grade school like it was for me. It's often more like after puberty when hormones kick in because hormones do affect ADHD. Mm. And, and then to speak to going to perimenopause, once again, your horm hormones are changing and, and it starts affecting the ADHD. It starts getting worse, <laughs> right? Yeah, estrogen um, has a lot to do with with how our brains function, how our neurology works, right? 
So that's that's another thing that can affect ah. us more as we grow older, and you know those symptoms will get bigger. Ah. You know, that, that makes sense. Okay. And wow. coming back to talking about the antihistamine and the, the allergy thing, very interesting um, because like I said I've been really schooling myself in these last few weeks about um, ADHD and. I have something called mast cell activation syndrome, which is my mast cells, which are the, I can't tell you what they are exactly, but they, they get, they're, they're what get triggered when you have allergy attacks, <laughs> when you have inflammation. Well, I, at one point got poisoned with methylpentanes and started having massive allergy. And so that's what started the mast cell activation syndrome. So we started doing some research. Well, apparently there is something about ADHD and allergies that are related, hmm. which, so when you treat the ADHD with stimulants, it will also help and reduce allergy symptoms. Hmm. Interesting. Isn't that fascinating? That is. I don't have allergies, but my daughter does. So, hmm. and she doesn't have any meds, but we've, we've been both talking about, oh, I think we're both undiagnosed. So. And she's 21, so she's... Well, and I would say that it, it's hard for me at my age. I'm like, what the hell? I'm 65 years old. Why would I go yeah. to, you know, cement? So it's like, I still have a good 20 or 30 years left. I might as well, you know, live them in my best life. Right. So that's what, that's how I'm looking at it. Although it is a shame that I didn't do it earlier when, it, when people pointed out to me that perhaps that was an issue, you know, because they, 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 there's an interesting thing too, because, because like I said, it affects your relationships. You know, I can look back on my, my most recent uh, marriage and realize how it affected me in so many ways. One was that people pleasing thing, right? Because um, people with ADHD are super, super, super sensitive to rejection. So, so he, he would get upset and I would not, he would do the stonewalling thing, right? Where he just like shut, shut me out. And for an ADHD person, that's like shutting off your oxygen, you know? So I, I would just go into a terrible, terrible place when he would get upset with me. And that was one of the ways that affected our relationship. Other ways that it affected our relationship were he was taking over and fin helping me finish these projects. That was the positive side. The negative side was also like we would be in the car and he would be wanting me to track where we're going on a GPS and tell him where to turn and stuff like that. Forget that. There's no way I can follow that. I mean, I might look at it and go, okay, well, you know, in a few blocks, we're going to need to turn right. And so I'll have, I'll tell him that in a few minutes, I'll put the phone down. Next thing I know, I'm talking about something else. Yeah. And then, I, oh, that was our turn. And so he's furious because we missed the turn. I can't tell you how many fights we had like that. Oh, man. <laughs> and it, it just wasn't going to happen. Me and a map, it's just not not a good combination. And that's not my fault. That's the way my brain works. Yeah. I'm not just ignorant or, you know, right. something. I just, it's not the way my brain works. Yeah, and that's fair. But look at everything you've done despite that. And, and of course, I think part of it is because, you know, we have some gifts and talents in us that helps us over, you know, we compensate in ways. And like I said, I'm undiagnosed, but like every time I hear people talk, I'm like, mm, take off the box, even though it happened, you know, in my mid-40s and later. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild. We still get it done, but 
you know, we, we can also look at, at sort of more natural solutions for, for help. Um, there, like I said, you know, antihistamines apparently can help. <laughs> Was it which is interesting. But do you remember there was an old medication called um, Dimetap? Yeah, yeah. That you could take and when you had a cold or and it was just like, you felt awesome. Yeah, and I could sleep well that night. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. It had ephedra in it. Ephedra is a stimulant. Interesting, and I slept. It helped me sleep. <laughs> it's a stimulant. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, so yeah, that's fascinating. And then also other weird neurodiverse stuff like the synesthesia where you see colors when you hear music and... Yeah, and there's a lot of people who, who have, you know, these crossovers like the, the, the PTSD with ADHD. And so that makes it hard to sort out. And then there's people who have Asperger's, well, autism spectrum, yeah, um, as we call it now, in combination with ADHD, which is very difficult. And then there are people who are, who have the sensory issues, and that's another neurodivergent pathway, right? Mm -hmm. where, where they're either sensory seekers or sensory rejectors, right? They either just can't keep their hands off of things. They need to feel, touch, every, taste everything, or they can't stand being touched, don't want to be touched, you know, grossed out by touch, creeped out by it, right? Or people who's, you know, too much sound. Yes, misophonia is another one of my things. I'm like, don't be crunching in my ear or I will punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah. That, that, you know, that ADHD people often, you know, too much stimulation can just drive them crazy. And they really, you know, you see them, the kids, you know, they, they wear um, ear earplugs in the classroom because the, the noise in the classroom is too much for them. But there are people who just have that and don't have the ADHD. Right, right. right. So, so the, these are all just divergent ways that our brains work that we're learning more and more and more about, mm -hmm. recognizing that, like, and even uh, oppositional defiant disorder, right? That is a brain, that's a neurological difference. They, you know, just can't be told no, <laughs> you, know? Mm. So, you know? They just, and, you know, recognizing that, that when we start to be able to recognize the differences in the way our brains work, and which medications will work to help to, to clear up some of those difficulties, then, you know, we're not walking zombies. We are people who are actually able to function better, which, which for me, you know, I, I mean, I got to say growing up, listening, you know, no, I mean, being in the, the hospital settings and in residential settings where I was working with adolescents, and, you know, so many of them were on the, the ADHD medicines, and I was like, I had my doubts, you know, in those mm -hmm. days because it's like they were medicating everybody. Any kid that was smart and active, they were putting them on <laughs> medication, you know. Yeah. And and I had I had a little difficulty feeling like it was probably overdiagnosed in those days, you know. Back I'm talking in the like 80s, uh, late late 80s, early 90s, you mm -hmm. know, when that was just a lot of people were starting to become more and more aware of it. Right. And maybe it was overdiagnosed. But, 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 you know, you just, you want to put a six-year-old kid on stimulants, you know, right. kind of a, a scary thing for me as a mom to want to do. Exactly. And so, but, you know, now that she's grown, I realize you know, maybe, you know, she might have been more successful in school than she was because she was bored with school. You know, she, she didn't want to study things she didn't have, didn't have any interest in. She, yeah. she did the minimal she had to do. 
you know, and still still managed to make A's and B's, but she didn't excel in the way she could have. Right, right. Yeah, and that's interesting because my daughter right now is like, I'm so done with school. And she wants to be a psychotherapist, actually. Interestingly enough, she goes, I need a gap year. I'm just really done. She's going to be a senior this year. And so it's interesting. And she's in therapy every week. Um, and and it's, so it's been interesting. So it'll be. Well, I, you know, I, I highly suggest that if you, you know, if you're relating to anything that I'm saying, that you might want to at least go get yourself assessed. And then decide how you might want to address it. Because there's a lot of different ways to address it. There are behavioral ways to address it. There's cognitive behavioral therapies to address it. There are accommodations you can make for yourself, um, as well as the medications, which honestly, the medications are the first line of defense. Hmm. It is the number one thing for choice to do that's going to help more than anything else. But it's like being, a, you know, it's, it's like um, having asthma, right? You're, you're never going to not have asthma. You're never going to yeah. not have the ADHD. The medication is not going to take away the ADHD. It's just going to make it easier for you to deal with it. You know? Yeah, it's exactly. Like for asthma. It's not going to make it go away, but it is going to make it easier to deal with. Exactly. So even with all the stuff that we've been discussing with our challenges, you I'm sure that you've got, you've managed to, be able to manage your mental, your physical, your emotional, your spiritual energy through all of this, or else, I mean, and you look fabulous, so there's that. <laughs> you look amazing. <laughs> we all want to look like that at 65. But how do you, how do you, what is your process as you go through that? Well, you know, for me, it has been about um, staying in therapy, you know. I mean, I've gone through periods of time when I didn't, and I didn't do as well. You know, staying in therapy is one of the things that has helped me more than anything else. Being, you know, aware of taking care of my physical health, making sure that I eat well and I stay active physically. You know, my yoga, I cannot say enough about doing yoga. Um, and going for walks on a regular basis. There's a lot of research about the effect of not just being outside and being in nature, which has positive impact on your yeah. brain, but also the walking, that the rhythmic motion of walking yes. has has a has a benefit to your brain. So, all of those things in combination, and using meditation, you know, listening to music, dancing, uh, and 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 making sure that I honor that creative side of myself in some way, and allowing myself to to write to continue to audition, take classes when I can. I haven't been in any since before COVID, but yeah. <laughs> but um, looking at doing that now, now that I live in Colorado, trying to find the schools where I can do some of that play. Um, and, and, and I find that I have to, as an ADHD person and a person who has all these different passions, I can't just close, close that down because I will become depressed. If right, I'm, exactly. If I'm not uh, writing, if I'm not dancing, if I'm not singing, like I have um, Smule. Do you have Smule on your phone? I don't, phone? Oh, I don't yeah. know what that is. What it's is an it? App. It's an app uh -oh. on your phone that will let you sing karaoke on your phone. Oh. It records you. It records you and you can put all kinds of effects with it and studio effects. and, and That could be dangerous for me. <laughs> It's awesome. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. So get Smule on your phone. Um, that's my outlet for music right now. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, just continuing to do these things to, to, for, for me, to, that feed me. Yeah. And that is how, you know, my emotional, physical, psychological, spiritual development continues to, to grow and expand because if, if I don't, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. And we have to, I think, and I feel like, I know I haven't looked at any studies, but I feel like there's like a trend of people who have got that gift in the arts also have a little bit of a challenge with ADHD. Yeah. Like I said, I have not been tested, but... That's, mm. that's, it's true that um, ADHD people tend to be on the more creative side. And I, and I think some of that has to do with just the way our brains work, right? Yeah. Because we are, you know thinking outside the box all the time and mm -hmm. and we're not to, to sit down and do something um like write a book which i've done you know it took me a, a number of years to do but you but, did it uh, i'm still working but, on mine here i am <laughs> but I, I could only do it because i had somebody around to, to reinforce it and get it yeah. done you know, there's no way i could have finished it yeah couldn't have done it got it Knowing that, you know, having people, developing those relationships where you have people who can help you do to accomplish those big goals is part of how you manage, right? Because mm -hmm. to be successful, you do have to finish things. You can't just like start here and start there and have piles everywhere. I think about my grandmother, because by the way, ADHD is also genetic because you, you know, how our brains work are genetically formed and my grandmother was i mean i look back and i'm like well she would have piles of different she was a seamstress she loved to sew and she would have five different things going at once and some of those things would never get finished you mm. know i mean yeah yeah but it's very nice how you've been able to even though it has been a challenge it's not like you've gone off the rails and done something crazy and harmful to people or yourself so right. and a lot of People who do have ADHD, um, I want to make sure to cover this part, is that they do have have a tendency to be high, um, a higher number of addicts because they're attempting because they're attempting to self medicate because their self esteem is poor because they don't know how to manage stress well and because they're looking for something to numb the intensity of the feelings that they have. Mm -hmm. An ADHD person has looks a lot like a bipolar person in terms mm. of you know, quite up and quite as far but there's a lot of ups and downs you know with it for an adhd person so then they look for something to help numb them so food um shopping being on social media for hours. yeah social media so, i think that's the killer for me oh my all, gosh. Of the, all of those will you know will help to 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 get you distracted from the things going on inside for sure. Yeah. Social media. I almost wish I don't have the heart to delete it off my phone, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I do keep a, tra a track and I should, you know, my phone tracks how long I've been on in a day, you mm -hmm. know? And so I kind of like to check that every now and then it's like, Oh, really? I was on five hours today. <laughs> yeah. I get those little screen time notices too. And I just kind of roll my eyes at myself about it, but it is what it is. Right. <laughs> For sure. Man, but yeah, I I guess the other thing I wanted to ask, because like you've gone for it. I mean, you've just gone, I, and I've always admired your, your, your courage and tenacity through the years when, when you were here in Dallas doing these things. And I wanted to know what advice you would give our listeners going forward when they're like pursuing their passions and especially if they have a lot of gifts. And if, even if they don't have a ton of gifts, but at least that one gift that just makes them excited, um, what would you do? 
a couple of things. One is to um, believe in yourself, obviously, um, but, but get people with you, get people on board with you who can um, support you, help you, encourage you. And, and just, just don't stop. Right. No. I mean, you know, my kids laugh because here I am at this age and I'm continuing to send in my auditions, getting new headshots and, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You just never know. Just keep doing it. It doesn't matter. I agree. I know because I just like, I was 49 when I auditioned to be a group fitness instructor. Didn't teach my first fitness class till three days before my 50th birthday. Just got another certification after dealing with COVID and weight gain and all that stuff. A, a barbell class. I know. Like, I've been watching that. That was amazing. I was just like, wait. And I'm like heavier than I was a year ago. So I was like, yikes. But anyway, but I keep doing it and it is what it is. But I can't not do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. And, and one of the things that does help a person with ADHD is exercise. Yes, that's why yeah. I do it. it yeah, that is, that's, that's one of the things. That if you're if you're not going to treat it with medication, you need to make sure that you get plenty of exercise. Yeah, that really really helps your brain work better. For sure. Yeah, and I because on the days that I don't, it's different. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that Michael Phelps is ADHD? I believe that now in retrospect, but yeah, I'm like, oh, he's so focused, but yeah, that makes sense now. And, yeah. and he manage, he doesn't take meds, but he, um, but he manages it by working out six hours a day. Well, I can't do that. I don't know that kind of stuff. <laughs> but if I can get an oh, hour in, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. An hour or two, an hour. Yeah. I'm good. But yeah. An hour and a half, maybe, you know, talk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> For sure. It's wild. Yeah, this is this has been great and insightful and enlightening because, like I said, I have not been diagnosed. I feel like it came on about, you know, 12 years ago or so. But, yeah, this is very enlightening. It's really, really been. I'm, I'm guessing you probably had it before. It's just that it didn't get up to the level of problematic till your hormones started changing. Yeah, because like I said, in school, I wasn't dyslexic. I was focused in class. I got the grades and all that stuff. But, yeah. Somewhere like in 2012, I was around 45 years old. I'm just like, what is happening? But your hormones were starting to change. And so yeah. while, while the, the, the underlying ADHD that's always been there just wasn't up to the point of being problematic for you yet. Yeah. Because, boy, the scatterbrain. People have, now in retrospect, now I think about it, some people have said that I, even when I was in my 20s, yeah, you, oh, look at bird. Look at you. Probably started more likely around puberty, but because you had coping skills in place. Yeah. Because you were smart. Yeah. You were a good student and motivated. You you managed to to work harder than other people to get stuff done. Yeah. So, so that you so that you could achieve it at the point that you did. Yeah. This is so it's so enlightening, man. I'm so glad that we were able to talk. It's I love the serendipity of that. I just happened to see. Yeah. You know, yeah. Especially since my recording was terrible, but yeah, yeah it was like yeah. I could catch some glimpses. Like, oh no, we need to talk about this because I was already researching it. That was going to be one of my solo shows, but um, yeah. <laughs> As a, as a female that you read this book that my daughter bought me. Okay, women with, what's it called? Women, Say that loud. women with attention deficit disorder. Embrace your differences and transform your life by Sari Solden. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I will put that in the show notes as well. Awesome. So I would love for you to just share how people can get a hold of you. So I am all over the place on social media. I have, you can find me at 
Oh Wow Melody on Twitter and Oh Wow Melody Me on Instagram. And I'm Oh, oh Wow Melody 919, I think, on TikTok, which I just started. That's kind of cool because my, my daughter's on TikTok, but I'm like, that's cool when people are like, like not Generation Z and on TikTok. That's kind of cool. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, then of course, melodybrook.com is my website. And um, I'm on Facebook. Um, I have a uh, actor actor page and then I have my normal, you know, social page. And I have uh, my Oh Wow Melody book page for my book. Oh, oh no, it's called Oh Wow This Changes Everything, which is the name of my book. There's a page on Facebook for that. So cool. very cool. I'll put all of this in the show notes so people. Yeah, can... and you can find my book on Amazon. Um, the the second edition, which I completed over COVID, is uh, is now available on Kindle. It's not out on Audible or Heart or in paperback yet, but it's on Kindle. So cool. Um, very nice. Well, thank you so much for oh, hanging out with me this week. Stop. I can't stop and I forgot to tell you this. Okay, I'll let you talk. I was getting ready to cut it off, but keep I'm talking. Gonna, <laughs> my movie, my movie, Promises, is on Amazon Prime uh, for free for those of you who have Amazon Prime. I'll have to watch it. Yes, so you should watch my movie. It's called Promises. And okay. it has, um, you'll, you'll find it, you'll make sure you have the right one when you see my name in the uh, cast notes. So. <laughs> That's cool. I, 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 for some reason, I don't know why. I feel like that's familiar, but then, okay, I'll take a look. Thanks Bye. so much. I'm so glad you reached out to me, Carol. Yeah, me too. I love the serendipity of this. I'm, I'm such a woo-woo girl, and I don't share that with everybody. Maybe on the podcast, but it's like I'm surrounded by very skeptical, practical people. So <laughs> I still feel like there was a cool divine order that's coming on, because I really literally was doing research on this whole neurodiversity thing. I'm just like, man. I'm going to do a solo show on this. And then I saw your thing and I'm just like, I think I'll interview her. Awesome. <laughs> it's perfect. Perfect. Anything else? Any last words before I, I say anything? Uh, just to say, I, I, I was thinking about my post, which was also related to COVID and how the, the whole ADHD thing has been really bad for, for people um, during COVID. Mm -hmm. but, for people who are inattentive and who are or people who are the hyperactive end of it it's just been really hard on adhd people to, to, to have to be shut down in a room in one place when their brain is going all over the place and a lot of people have suffered and gotten more depressed and more anxious during covid because of that yeah so that was part of my post was around that was recognizing how difficult the whole COVID quarantine year and a half has been yeah. for marriages too, because then, you know, then you've got two people and one of them's ADHD and they're bouncing off the walls and the other one <laughs> is like, oh, well, I don't know what to do with you anymore. And it just makes it really bad. And divorce rate has gone up. And I suspect some of that has to do with ADHD. Very true. But you mentioned walking and me and Daryl, we walk almost every single day. And we were just talking about that. We were on vacation. We're like, we have had more date nights <laughs> since before COVID than ever because we've been walking to restaurants and that kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah. So I think, like you said, the walking and being, and we walk to, we're walking at nature preserves and things like that. And, and it does help the psyche, but he's not ADHD. He's very focused. He might be on the spectrum. I don't know, but. Well, you know, that's one of, the, one of the things that happens is that we will find somebody who is, you know, the opposite so that they so. kind of ground us. And yes, yes. Us. 
keep us on track. You know, it's like my last marriage, you know, that was very helpful for me to have somebody who could actually complete tasks and help me complete tasks. Yeah. Um, I I need that. (laughs) Yeah. It's really a conscious effort to get it done. I have to tell people what I need to do because if I'm accountable to somebody, then I'll do it. But I guess if I'm accountable to myself, the novels that I started to write, they won't get done. And they haven't been done because I'm not accountable to anybody to finish it. So, well, and you have nobody reminding you, oh, here, what, what did you do? I want to read the next chapter. Where's the next yeah, chapter? Yeah, exactly. You know, if you had somebody there and, and you can develop, that's one of the things that you can do for yourself as an ADHD person is to find those people in your life who you can say, look, I'm ADHD. Would you do this for me? Yeah. You know, they, they're more able to, to stay and remember to do these things. And, you know, but you got to make sure it's a person who does not also have ADHD. Exactly. Exactly. Two thirds of this household likely high, even though, like I said, we haven't been assessed yet, but I am almost certain that it's, a, that especially after this. Yeah. It will help you understand yourself and mm-hmm. it will help you make yourself start making the accommodations you need to make for yourself. Cool. All right. Well, with that being said, I think we have covered a lot and I really want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life with Carol Dixon Carr. If you'd like to continue the conversation on these topics, head on over to the free Managing Your Multi-Passionate Life Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes along with other resources. And if any of Carol's words resonate with you, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Until next time.